Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my lovely girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? And happy 100th anniversary. It's our 100th episode. It's right after Valentine's Day. Woohoo. It's our hundredth episode. It is February sixteenth. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day too. But nineteen ninety six. I don't even care about Valentine's Day because I'm so excited because it's our hundredth episode. I love it so much. Woo-woo. Do you know what one thing you could do in celebration, fans out there, that you could do in celebration <laughs> of our one hundredth episode and Valentine's Day is you could show some love and go to retro late fee or. Er, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Retro Late Fee. And sign up for our Patreon. And check out all the cool stuff, the extras that we have for you. My my buddy made this website. He, he, he created this web page called Patreon, and he's beta testing it. He says it might not come out to the rest of the public for like another 20 years. Right? <laughs> He's got a lot of work to do on this, but you, we are the first people on there, and you can go there to to contribute to us. Totally cutting edge. You have to get on it. We are cutting edge. We have our own webpage as well, RetroLatefee.com. Because we're cool like that. 100 episodes. What do you think, Carol? I can't believe times we've done this show. that it has been that long. I mean, that means like... It's been almost two years. It's been over two years. It's been over two years. Holy shit. We started this January 1st, 1994, and now we are in February of 1996. We must have missed a couple weeks. Yeah, we went on vacation that one time, remember? Yeah. Yeah, but it's so cool, like 100 episodes. How mm. have we had that much to talk about? I don't know. Well, they keep they keep making movies. Right? I guess as long as the theaters stay open, we're good. That's right. Close the theaters and we're SOL. Hell, they'll never. What would they close the theaters down for? They were closing the theaters. Right. They're like our social staple. That would be like if Blockbuster closed. Right. Could you imagine, <laughs> Can you imagine? how ridiculous <laughs> that would be? Oh, we'd all be lost. Blockbuster is on top of the world. How would we ever watch anything? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to. Don't even. You know what? That's just that we're getting dark here. We gotta, we gotta like, stay. Yeah, Radio Shack's going on in business. the happy, happy light. Exactly. All With right. our movies. So speaking of happiness, I uh, he bought me roses for Valentine's I Day, did, yes. and that made me really happy. Did you? Did you like them? I love them. They smell so good, I'm and they're glad. pretty. Just like you. Aw. Pretty and smell good. I'll put a picture of them on our website. You should. Yeah. I mean, I have to like get the film developed and like. Figure out how to oh, yeah. how you get it on the computer, but I believe uh, if we have, I, so they have printers that have like a graphic interface to it where you can scan it. It will scan it and then create a digital file that goes onto the computer. I believe there's a Kinkos where we can go and do that. They have those. That machines. is how much I love you guys. I'm gonna go. Get film developed and take it to Kinko's and get it on the on the website and so you can see the picture scan, of my flowers. Scan it. Wow. It's a lot of work. It is. Uh, so it'll take up, what, about two weeks? <laughs> Carol, I want you to heed this advice. The, the, the headline of this article. Don't say the N-word. Oh, my. Uh, this is by Veronica Webb. For the New York Times, this is this has been reprinted in our in our paper. But for Black History Month, let's declare a national moratorium on using the word, and she says the full word with the R on the end oh, and everything, hard R and everything. Wow! Now Veronica Webb is a a black woman, so I guess she can write it. I don't. I, I anyone can write it, I suppose. But she's saying. Let's put a moratorium on using the word. I don't know. Mark Twain wrote it, and people are still upset about it. Right. Not as a restriction of free speech, but as a time for reflection on the evolution of our cultural identity. Many blacks say this word 
Because we're too young to have a visceral reaction to the true power of the word. For the affirmative action generation and Generation X, calling one another the N-word is a habit we've picked up from comedians such as Dick Gregory and Richard Pryor or rap artists such as Ice Cube. We've learned to laugh at the word, to desensitize ourselves to it, and ultimately to adopt it as a title for when conversing with our own kind. It's a way of being in a club. But she wants to put a moratorium on this. I'm I'm not going to read Veronica Webb's entire article. Yeah. I guess that's another thing a white person can steal from a black person. (laughs) But what do you think about that? What do you think about the use of the N-word in... It's used in a rap a lot. Mm. And as she points out, I have black friends. I have black friends. <laughs> but, but <laughs> To you, Mr. White, dude. I mean, not not saying it like that. But I do have black friends. And not, every once in a while, they will use that word mm-hmm. towards each other around me. And they've said to me, like, they'll say it and they'll be like, sorry. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? Why are they apologizing to us for saying that word? I don't <laughs> understand. That happens all the time. Maybe they feel like it makes us feel excluded or I don't know, but it, it is it is interesting that they they will apologize for and I, I've but my reaction's always been do what you want. Like right. it's, it's not a it's not offending me because you're not using it in an offensive way to yeah. to you and your your friends. So yeah, it doesn't I don't know exactly why, but yeah. I mean like I wouldn't say it. Well, of course not. But you're welcome to say it if you are black and you choose to. But I mean, I I really think that what she's saying is, Mm -hmm. you know, intelligent. And I think it would be better if maybe they didn't say it all the time. I disagree. Yeah? Not 100%. I don't 100% disagree. But I think she's overlooking something. That I will point out as a contrarian, just as a a way Uh, to spark conversation, I suppose. But to me, I I will equate it to the producers. I don't know if you've ever seen the 1960-whatever movie, The Producers, 68, I think, or something like that, or the Mel Brooks stage show of The Producers. I have not, because unlike you, I am not a grandparent. But, well, Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder, I mean, it's a classic. Anyway. Uh, there's a part in in that play, in that musical, uh, with this dude who is like a disciple of Hitler. Mm-hmm. And they're putting on a play, because they're trying to make a play that fails, called Springtime for Hitler. And this guy's like, the guy that they get to write it is like the 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 last nazi on earth or whatever like he but but it's so farcical and everything that it that it ends up being funny and the play ends up being a hit because it's the play within a play okay. because it's a part because it's so farcical and people think that it's humor instead right uh-huh. because the ideas are so insane so the point is mel brooks is jewish obviously when you take somebody as horrible as Hitler and you turn him into a joke like he does in the producers. You rob him, rob Hitler and what he did of all its power. Okay. Because it's become a farce, just something to laugh at. It's a joke. So there's no, like it takes away Hitler, all of Hitler's power. Now that doesn't mean that we should forget the Holocaust or the horrible things that Hitler does, but there's a joy in being able to make fun of him and take away his power. And I think in a similar way, the way people use that word in rap or the way they use it with each other and, and, and the meaning that it's taken on and how it's evolved over the years takes away a lot of its power Hmm. as a, as a racist word. Now that doesn't mean we should forget the racism it doesn't mean that in certain contexts it can't still have that power to hurt. But there is a joy in using that word because you've now taken ownership of this hateful thing and robbed it of its power. It's an interesting theory. You know, I, at one point, was the only white girl in my class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. 
Have I told this story on the show, or you just think, remember me telling think, you? I don't think so. Okay. And, you know, they they weren't using that word, but they were calling each other boy right. and girl. Yeah. What up, boy? What up, girl? Right? I did not know that that was a racial slur. And I started doing it. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to fit in. You know, I mean, I honestly, I started speaking, like, terribly. <laughs> like, I'd come home, and my mom's like, I don't understand what you're saying anymore, and stuff. Like, I want to ask you a question, yeah, Mom. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was bad. Um, and and I, I think that I took it probably way too far. But People have a tendency to do that. Though. Yeah. And um, they ended up having, like, a little intervention for me in my class where, like, they're like... We got to tell you that, you know, it's really upsetting when you are calling us boy. And I'm like, I had no fucking clue. Like, I'm so like, I cried. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I never want to hurt anybody or anything. Yeah. And it's hard to, to, you know, to always know what's going to offend people and to not say it. But that is like the one word I think that's been clearly defined in life for everybody that you just don't. Yeah. So, don't. <laughs> well, if you're white, don't. Yeah. If you're black, I think it's okay in certain instances. But I'm not going to say that Veronica Webb's wrong. That that we shouldn't, for the month of February, because it's Black History Month, put a moratorium on. I, mean, I think that's I think that's fair to be like, hey, for this month, let's remember how hurtful this word can be. Yeah. But, like I said, I also think there's power in taking ownership of it as well. Okay. I like it. Uh, speaking of things that we like, the <laughs> the Academy Awards have, the nominations have come out. Ooh. So, nominated for, now we've seen a lot of these movies, okay? Maybe some of the, we, we should uh, rent some of the other ones when they're available okay. to rent. But, uh, Best Picture... Braveheart, yes, You've seen it. Apollo thirteen, yep. Babe, you know that pig movie, Babe. Yeah, it's a cute movie. Sense and Sensibility, mm-hmm. and The Postman. So we didn't see The Postman or Sense and Sensibility. Mm-mm. I can't remember if we saw Babe. Like we I saw, know we saw it, but I don't know if we did it for the show. We saw Babe, but we didn't talk about it. On okay. The show. Uh, best actor, we've got. Uh, Massimo Tarosi from The Postman. Not sure. Nicolas Cage leaving Las Vegas. We just Hell did yeah. it. They just got in under the wire because it's still in theaters, but we but it came out December of last year. Right. So we just we just got another wire. Richard Dreyfus, Mr. Holland's Opus. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins, Nixon, and Sean Penn, Dead Man Walking, a movie we oh. ha- we both have not seen. We and need haven't, to. And haven't uh, covered on the show. We I'm should I'm going to write watch. this down because I don't want to forget. Okay. okay. So we need to see. Dead Man Walking. That's the Sean Penn and what's her name? Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Movie. She was in The Client. Yeah, that's right. We did The Client. Uh, and that... do we also want to see The Postman and Sense and Sensibility? Uh, the Postman I'm not that interested in. That's a Kevin Costner one. But we can, I mean, you can put it down. We'll, we'll, we'll think about it. Okay. <laughs> Best Actress, Emma Thompson, Sense and Sensibility, Susan Sarandon, Dead Man Walking, Elizabeth Shue, Leaving Lost Vegas. I know you, you want her to win. Well, also Sharon Stone, Casino. Oh, yeah. And then Meryl Streep, The Bridges of Madison County. Man, it's Oh, tough. that's another one we haven't seen. It's, yeah. It's tough between Casino and Leaving Lost or Casino. Elizabeth Shue and Susan Sarandon. Right now, those to me would be the two. Now I haven't seen Dead Man Walking, but those to me would be the two, the two biggest ones. Okay, well we'll see. And that's that's a hard choice. They were both excellent. Best support, supporting actor: James Cromwell in Babe, Ed Harris in Apollo Thirteen, Brad Pitt in Twelve Monkeys, huh. Tim Roth in Rob Roy, and Kevin Spacey in The Usual Suspects. Another one we haven't done. But I'm planning on renting that. We okay. might we might rent that and, and watch that one. Then Best Supporting Actress, 
you know, the last of the big categories. Joan Allen for Nixon, Kathleen Quinlan for Apollo 13, that's his wife. Uh, Mira Sorvino for Mighty Aphrodite. I've never heard of that movie. Have that's you? that's a that's a what's his name Woody Allen movie. I um, generally don't see those because of the whole controversy. But uh-huh. uh, Mar Winningham for Georgia and Kate 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 Winslet for Sense and Sel- Sensibility. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. I've never heard of her, but she was in Sense and Sensibility. No, you you listed off Georgia as well. Is that another movie? Because I've never heard of it. Yeah, I believe it's about the state of Georgia. (laughs) I don't know what it's about. So on the list of nominated films that we did not see. Well, we see we see more of the popular movies. We don't see as much of the like the high art, you know. Georgia, Mighty Aphrodite, Dead Man Walking, Postman, Sense and Sensibility, Bridges of Madison County, and The Usual Suspects. Right. Wow. That's a lot. That's the that's what we missed in 1995. Yeah, we're not renting all those. No. We'll pick a few. Maybe Sense and Sensibilities that would like the Jane Austen or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be good, I guess. Yeah. So so are all of them. Is that the one with that's uh Mr. Darcy, right? No, no. Oh, that's uh, that's Pride and Prejudice. Yes, I love Pride and Prejudice. So, Mr. Darcy's has too much prejudice, and ben, Elizabeth Bennet's too prideful, or something. Right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah, I don't remember how it goes. But one thing I do remember how it goes is in honor of Valentine's Day for everybody out there. You little Valentine's hangover. We got some massive love. Yay, I love massive 100th love. 100th episode, massive love. <laughs> young, handsome, athletically inclined black male seeking young, gorgeous, professional female career. Damn. Career orientated, ambitious, and physically fit for relationship. That is... He's setting the bar high. Right. You'd have to be really full of yourself to answer that ad. Oh, I'm gorgeous. Right. I'm going to bring it to the table with my gorgeousness. Yeah, that's that is quite it's a tame one to start out, but that yeah, that's quite he's he's setting the bar high like you said. Yeah, I mean I I would not want to respond to that ad because then you've got to uh, because I would be mad. You've got to assume well, pfft, but I mean you've got to assume that that person may not think you're gorgeous. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Do you want to you want to go on a date and be judged? Right. I guess that's kind of how all dates are, though, right? Well, yeah. All and, dates and, are kind of like a job interview. Yes, and and they probably are hoping, you know, that you're. Although, I mean, these are blind dates because they're meeting like this. But right. you know, most dates aren't. They already know if you're gorgeous. Most of my dates are blind because I, I end up poking their eyes. <laughs> okay. It doesn't usually get past that phase. <laughs> but oh, it's me, nice to meet you, Mar- Ah! <laughs> Well, your eyes were so gorgeous, I couldn't do it. Uh-huh. You cured me <laughs> of being a horrible serial killer, I guess, is now in canon for our lives. So weird. Uh, all I want for Valentine's Day is a macho man. A young, macho, macho man. Not far off. Young party guy seeking his nice-looking guy. 35 plus for fun times. Enjoy business suits and uniforms Western Wayne County area preferred. Don't be shy. Call today. All calls answered. So he wants to play dress up. Apparently, yeah. It's interesting. Enjoy business suits and uniforms. Well, maybe he wants to play dress up or maybe he wants to take somebody hostage and make them work for him. Oh, my God. (laughs) Here are all Sing the it again. Ma- I don't want to. In the Navy. <laughs> you can sail the seven seas. In the Navy. You can take it on your knees. Oh. oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Discreet, masculine, gay, black male, 59. New in Michigan. Oh, he's new in town. <laughs> Seeking friendship only with same, any race, 45 plus, I enjoy quiet bars, playing pool, occasional dining out, and traveling. He is in the male-seeking male section, and he is he's saying he's gay. 
And he's discreet. We don't know if he's clean or not. <laughs> but he, I'm going to assume he's dirty because he didn't say. He's 59. And he's seeking friendship only with another gay guy. It's weird. It is weird. Like, what does that mean? So he's saying we're not going any any farther than friendship. Maybe his dick stopped working because he's old. <laughs> wow. He just wants somebody to hang out with. That is harsh as fuck, <laughs> sir. If you're listening, did your dick stop working? <laughs> Well, I mean, why else would you be like, hey, I'm a guy, I like guys, let's hang out, but nothing's going to happen. Yeah, it's weird. And why be discreet about it if you just want to be friends? Hey, Carol. Yeah. Are you bi-curious? A little. (laughs) Well, well, uh, looking for a bi-white female, 21 to 30, maybe that that meets your age Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. We don't know. (laughs) Who loves to have fun. He's 25. A-H-D. A-H-D. I think that's supposed to be and. He's 25. A-H-D. She's 24. So I think that's supposed to be he's 25 and she's 24, but it's a typo. Right. So they're in their mid twenties, but they're looking for somebody in their twenties, and they don't really care. Twenty one to thirty, any any, any place in their twenties, yeah. sure. A neglected, <laughs> neglected woman, thirty five to fifty five. Oh, what is it with these fucking neglected people? Shut up and stop whining. I'm neglected. No, you're just a fucking cheater. What does this mean? Neglected woman, thirty five to fifty five. You're not gonna. That's a big range, by the way. And yeah. Is that your age? Oh, weird. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. Neglected woman's being sought. (laughs) Single or married. But as long as you're neglected. (laughs) Doesn't matter if you're single or married. Sought by clean, dark European. That says to me Romanian or or something Bulgarian. Right. Single white male, 30, 6 feet. Let me be what you want me to be. Oh, weird. Yeah. He's... Maybe he wants to be told. To yeah, do. he sounds like a sub. He sounds like uh, Elizabeth Shue. Right. Maybe what you want me to be. Let's see, healthy, generous, professional. Oh, here we go. Is this the millionaire again? Non-smoking, safe, white male. <laughs> I'm safe. The, here's the thing. If you have to specify you're safe... Then you're driving around. Maybe you're not safe. Rolling down the window and asking little girls if they want candy. Right. I'm safe. <laughs> I just like the joy on, on a young lady's face when she sucks on a sucker. Ugh. It doesn't matter that my zipper's. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, enough, enough. Too far. <laughs> Healthy, generous, professional, non smoking, safe white male, 38, 510, 165 pounds. So. Ladies, maybe you could take him because he's pretty skinny. <laughs> Seeking very petite. Well, and he's safe, and he's a non-smoker, so he's probably pretty milk toast. That's what I'm. That's the vibe I'm getting here. He's seeking a very petite lady, though. Oh, he wants to be able to take her. He wants to be able to overpower. <laughs> but I'm safe. Run. Is it safe? <laughs> Uh, very petite, attractive female. Female's capitalized for some reason. None of these other words are capitalized, <laughs> but female is. For enjoyable, discreet relationship. All right. Two white men seeking a relationship with single or married white female. Talk about, so you were talking about the threesome. These dudes want a threesome. Wow, that's different. Yeah, they're 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 already partnered up here. Are they? They Inc. didn't say they were safe. They want a girl to spit roast. Yes, but they're together. I mean, it doesn't say they're together. Maybe they're just buddies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't say they're together. Huh. It just says two white men seeking relationship with single or married white female, thirty-five to sixty. They so they're, they just want anybody who's down. They're they're willing to go up to sixty. Holy shit! Do you think that was a negotiation between the two of them? <laughs> Let's say thirty-five to fifty. Mm, not not a wide enough network casting there. <laughs> what about? They both want to date the same girl. 
I don't see. That's the thing is. So they're seeking a relationship. I think they're talking about together though, right? So we're talking about making a bridge. That's weird. (laughs) Like people don't do that. Who doesn't do that? People. Who's people? In general, just doesn't do what? Have a a three-person relationship. Oh, no, I agree. But I would assume that this is mostly a sex thing, right? But then why say relationship? Why not just say good time? It is weird. It is weird. Huh. Huh. They're not the only ones. What? Right underneath that, it says two white men, 30s, seeking discreet relationship with a white female, married or single, 25 to 40. But they, they're a little more cheesy. I think, I think maybe it's the same ones. Weird. I think it's because it starts the exact same way. I think it's the same guys. Why would they? Why? Why would they? Because they want. That's that's for the younger ones. <laughs> this number's for the younger ones. This number's for the older ones. <laughs> they're weeding them out. <laughs> okay. So, Carol, Mark, I have a question for you. Yes, dear. We can do things one of two ways. Okie dokie. The hard way or the kinky. No. Um, <laughs> Aren't they that's, both? That's later. Yeah. Uh, no. We can do the movie mm-hmm. and then do our little special 100th episode thing to kind of close out. Or we can do what we're, we're going to do for the special 100th episode thing and close out with the movie. Um, I mean, we usually do the movie last. I kind of feel like for the special, though, that maybe we should headline the thing okay. that we're going to do. That's today. fine. What, what, it's up to you, no, though. No, it's fine. Let's do that. All right. You sure? Yeah. All right. Well, we saw, we went and saw a movie, even though it's our 100th episode. We decided we're not going to just do gimmicks. We're still going to do our show. And we went and saw Happy Gilmore. Under duress. Under duress. You know I did not want to see that movie, and I don't think that movie is worth our 100th episode. What should we have seen for our 100th episode? I don't know. What were my options? Dead Man Walking. Yeah. Maybe we should have. Yes. No, I don't know. We, I don't know. We, could have, we, we didn't have many options. All right, then. I didn't like it, though. I think it was good. I, I know it you a do. Lot. I know. I thought it was funny. It's your kind of humor. What does that mean? Dumb? It, um, you are one Juvenile. of the most intelligent people I have ever met, but your sense of humor can sometimes be a little juvenile, yes. Well, that's funny. If you if you like and listen to this show, I assume that part of the reason you do is because you like my humor. So Carol is calling <laughs> you dumb. No, I'm not. She's calling you very smart, but with a juvenile sense of humor. <laughs> No. What do you think that all of our, all the people that listen to our show are like you? That's true. I guess a lot of people probably listen for you too. What am I saying? But they don't have to be like us to like to listen to us. Uh, I think they do. I think they're exactly like us. Okay. Whenever I picture our audience, I picture just us listening. <laughs> That's <laughs> weird and fucked up. I try not to think about them at all. Yeah, I do. Well, oh wow. Well, I, we think about them off air. Well, yeah, but I mean, when we're recording, I try not to think about it. Oh, yeah. Because I don't want to get nervous. It's a conversation between two fun-loving adults, right. maybe. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, we saw it. You don't like it. I don't... What didn't? You, what could you possibly have not liked about it? <sighs> okay, well... This movie had e- absolutely everything going for it. It's better than Tommy Boy. Okay. Um, it's better than... You know what I'm talking about. Black Sheep, yes. Black Sheep. Black Sheep. Black Sheep's the movie you're thinking of. It was better than Black Sheep. Okay. But it's still not good. Because, I mean, yeah, there was... I don't remember there being any pee or poop jokes. No, there weren't. There wasn't any, uh, fart jokes or anything in there either. Yeah. So, I mean, that was good. That's a great thing. Great improvement. Well, yeah, but they... (laughs) It's not an improvement. <laughs> Great improvement for who? It's not the same group that made these two movies. Not the same stars. Not. I mean, they were both on Saturday Night Live together at one point. Well, there you go. It's a great improvement for Saturday Night Live and Lums. You think that? You think that Adam Sandler watched uh, Black Sheep and was like, hmm, 
no, 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 no. We're not going to go that way. I just, I, it was like silly. Okay? I think what you want to say is it's an improvement from Billy Madison, which is a movie with Adam okay, yeah, that we watched. That sounds, and it but is an improvement from Billy. I Madison. don't think it is. What? <laughs> How? Because I kind of liked Billy Madison. What the fuck is going on with you? Didn't I? I mean, I don't think so, but. <laughs> Who knows? You you're always so you're like the most posh person I know. What? You got this high class attitude about comedies. Oh. You're a comedy movie snob. I am not. What's your favorite comedy? Um <laughs> you're on the uh, spot now. Um it's a toss up between Three Men and a Little Lady mm-hmm. and Beverly Hills Cop. Not Three Men and a Baby. No. Three Men and a Little Lady. Yes. It's much better than Three Men and a Baby. You're high on drugs right now. (laughs) And Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. What's funny about that movie? Everything. Like Eddie Murphy is hilarious, and like Eddie Murphy's funny. The the like different like voices and stuff he does, and um. (laughs) Do you like Police Academy? I don't remember that that guy. I don't think I've ever seen it. Guy that does all the voices on Police Academy. Michael Winslow or whatever his name is. Uh-huh. You know, he's a I don't think I've seen it. He can make sound effects with his voice. Okay. And the story is good. The story of this movie is good. No, it's not. Oh, come on. Okay, he's an angry hockey player who sucks. Yeah. His grandma loses the house because she never paid taxes her whole life. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And... Like, he's been his whole life trying to get to play hockey. He's never given up. He just keeps trying out. Mm. He keeps beating people up and never suffers any consequences for beating people up. He got beaten up by by Bob Barker. That's the consequence he suffered. That's bullshit. Zombie Bob Barker beat the shit out of him. (laughs) And, um, I mean, his parents, like, what happened to his dad? He got hit in the face with a hockey puck and killed, and his mom took off to Egypt. Yeah, you remember the movie. It's just, I mean, there's, it's all stupid. It's like, what? It's that's what's funny not, about it. It's not anywhere near. I like to laugh at real life stuff, like, like well, Seinfeld, like in Beverly Hills Cop, right? Yeah, you like real life stuff, real like, life like stuff, the, like the murder of a, a Detroit police officer, like a banana a peel, uh, or like a banana of the tailpipe. Okay, that's hilarious. That's real life. <laughs> And you think my sense of humor is juvenile? The man put the banana up to tailpipe. <laughs> oh my god! That's the best thing you could come up with from Beverly Hills Cop. Wow. Well, and Surge, Bronson but Pinchot. I can't do that accent. Yeah, Belky Bartakamus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cousin laddie. Um. Yeah, I didn't like it. It was dumb. <laughs> You're crazy. Just dumb all over the place. You laughed several times. When? When did I laugh? Oh, bullshit. You tried to say you didn't laugh. When did I laugh? You absolutely I admit that I laughed at Black Sheep. When when, uh, he's singing to his girlfriend over the intercom, I want to touch you all over and over Okay, yeah, that was funny. And then the Asian woman comes up. I did not laugh at that. No, you didn't laugh when she came up. But the next day... When he's getting ready to go and everything, and she's in his, she like she runs out in her hot in his hockey thing, saying, "Don't you want breakfast?" You know, so it was like it's clear they slept together. You laughed at that, yeah, because she looked ridiculous in a hockey jersey. Oh, it wasn't the reveal of? Oh, guess what? He slept with her. Well, I figured he was going to sleep with her. <laughs> Why? Look at your face. What? You knew nothing about the character. Look at, at that your point. face. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. Ah! This movie was funny. This movie was ridiculous. Not funny. You jackass. I am not ridiculous. It was ve- it was good. And they talked about Subway. Yeah. <laughs> they got you a, love Subway. They got a lot of product placements for Subway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I love about Subway? What? Their seafood and crab subs. Oh yeah. They're the best. Yeah, and they're bread. And they're limited time, and I'm scared they're going to take them away. No. Don't take them away, Subway. Don't be scared. (laughs) Uh, People of Subway listening to this. (laughs) 
Uh, Carol hated the movie that you sponsored. <laughs> but don't take away your favorite sub. For sure. Take it away, sub. No. Punish her <laughs> for not liking Happy Gilmore. Here's the thing. So there's a lot going right with this movie. Okay, you, you tell got, me what was going right. You got Christopher McDonald as Shooter McGavin putting in a great performance as a villain, who, by the way, is completely justified, which I'll get to. You got Carl Weathers, the great Carl Weathers, putting in a great performance as Chubbs, not in the movie enough, in my opinion. That's the only problem with his character. That was his black mentor. With the stupid fake-looking hand. Yeah, he had a wooden hand. But it was so stupid and fake-looking. That was the point. I didn't like it. So yeah, it would have been it would have been much more hilarious if he had a realistic, uh, undistinguishable from a regular hand, <laughs> human hand, hand. That would have been hilarious. No, because the whole time you would have been like, you can't tell his hands fake. That's so funny. And then he had the fucking alligator eyeball in a jar. That's mm-hmm. nasty. That's nasty, nasty. And that's stuff. not funny. No. What about Ben Stiller beating the shit out of old people? Is that funny? No. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Like Ben Stiller does that in his real life. I bet he does. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh what was I gonna say? I don't know. A lot going for this movie. Uh what's her name? The the blonde girl. She was in Party of Five. Yeah. She's okay. very pretty. I said that when we talked about her in Party of Five. Well, she's in this movie. She's the love interest. And we get to see who, her in laundry a few times. That's kind of cool. Who never dates? Who never dates hockey players? Or who never? I'm sorry. Who never golf, dates golf, golfers? Who never dates golfers? But then she's like, oh, "I'll date a golfer. What, why not?" Because he's not a golfer. He's a hockey player. What about Richard Creel? Or Who's Richard, that? Richard Keel. He was Jaws in the Bond movie. He's the uh, the one with the nail through his head. Oh, yeah. See, that's dumb, Mister. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Happy Gilmore d- d- accomplished that not two hours ago. Put a fucking nail in some dude's head. And he's just walking around with it, still cheering for it's you. It's funny. No. It's stupid. You're taking it out of context. It's It's stupid. funny, people. Don't listen to her. Don't listen to her negativity <laughs> or toxicness. If you like to laugh at stupid things, then it's funny, and I'm sure you'll love it. If you don't like to laugh at stupid things, if you're annoyed by stupid things, then you won't like this movie. Oh, God. <laughs> if you don't like to laugh at stupid things, why are we together? Oh. That's an insult to you and me at the same time. Yep. That's right. It's double duty. <laughs> it's working both sides. Anyway. Good for you. So Shooter McGavin, let's, let's, first of all, one thing that I find hilarious is in the, the last golf tournament that they play, he's so pissed off at all the people around because Happy brings this element of rabble to the golf course, an element that isn't usually there because it's such a staid country club sport where everyone's like, oh yeah, very, very good, very good, very good, very good, like that, right? And he brings this, like, rock star thing, and he's so pissed off. But even though he's pissed off when he makes a putt, he still has to do that shooting thing where he's yeah. like, where he's, like he's, like, mad, but he's, like, <laughs> it's, like, his signature thing, like, doing the shot. I love, too, how he's, like, he's so smooth when he goes to, the, they go to that first, that first tournament after Happy joins the tour, and he's, like, um, I'll tell you who the real winner is, the city of Portland. Every time I come here, it gets harder to leave. I think you guys put something in the water. Excuse me, I gotta go play a little golf. It's great. It's hilarious. It's a hilarious performance. It's and it it anyway. Shooter, let's look at things from Shooter's perspective. Yeah. Oh, yes. I remember you wanted to tell me why why you think that he's a good person. So let's look at things from his perspective. For his entire life, he has struggled, and fought, and worked his ass off to get good at golf, to excel at this sport. He is finally at the top of his game, at the pinnacle, having the best season of his career. He's finally going to win the Tour Championship. And out of nowhere comes this fucking upstart, this asshole that stands for everything that Shooter hates, destroys the sport he loves. Imagine something that you love. 
doing, an activity that you love doing, that you're good at, and some dickhead comes in and brings all his dickhead friends with him. It's like, hey, let's fucking ruin this. And like swinging dead cats around over uh. their, their head and stuff like that. Like he says, two bikers having sex in the woods yeah, that's in kinda a fucked golf up. tournament. Right? That's kind of fucked up, yeah. So, all that happens. All he wants is happy gone. Because he he has worked so hard for this. He sees the opportunity when he hears about the house, which is all that Happy did this for, was to get his grandmother's house back. He buys the house at the auction, shooter, and says, hey, I'll give it to you free of charge. You've made, you know, I think he, Happy's made $275,000 on the tour, right? Guess what? You don't have to give me any of it. I'll give you this house for free. Just leave the tour. It's a win-win situation. He's not like... I'm going to fucking burn the house down. I mean, he threatens to do that, you know, and everything because he's trying to get happy to quit. But he's not like, guess what? I bought your grandma's house and there's nothing you can fucking do about it. I'm going to destroy it. I'll shit on your childhood bed. He doesn't do any of that. He doesn't take vengeance out. He says, this is what you joined for. I want, I want the purity of the game I grew up with and the thing I struggled for back. Take the house for free. I just spent $350,000 on it. I don't care. If I'd known this, I would have written you a check for the house just to get you out of here. Here you go. Take the house. And, like, we're supposed to believe he's a dick because he he tells him to go to, like, the ninth green at 9 o'clock, right? And he gets all wet. And Happy's storming back. He's like, I'm going to beat the piss out of him. Mm-hmm. For, a, for a regular prank. And she even knows, the publicist lady. Yeah. She's like... Let me guess, ninth, ninth, uh, ninth green at nine o'clock. So it's a, it's a normal hazing right. thing for you know people in this sport. It's known. I, I agree. Like Happy is not a likable character. Exactly. He he is an asshole. Mm-hmm. But just because he's an asshole doesn't make shoot mean shooter's not an asshole. Shooter's also annoying. He can be annoying, but that doesn't mean that he's. That's what I like, and that's one of the reasons I like this movie. It has a complicated villain that you can. That you can identify with. Yeah, I guess. I can see that. It's a good point. Yeah, it is. It's still not a good movie, but it's a good it's point. It's a well-written movie with a good plot. A good plot to to put around all this craziness around. A good plot. What would be a better plot for a comedy movie? Just something realistic that could happen in real life. Not that somebody's mother takes off to Egypt and their dad gets hit in the face with a hockey puck. Right. No no, no child has ever been the product of divorce and no one's ever lost their dad at a young age. You're right. That's not realistic. I'm not saying that. But the the motivations and the reasons What's were the stupid. motivation? To go to Egypt? It's silly. You know, you sound... You sound terrible here. You sound petty. You sound like you want to hate the movie. Because you're just like, to, to go to Egypt. Well, who silly. just leaves their family to go to Egypt? Someone who's unhappy in her relationship. I guess. This guy was upset. This guy's obsessed with hockey. She's like, you never touch me anymore. You, we don't go out to eat. This is all you do is sit here. I'm fucking leaving. I I have a deep and abiding love of the pre-Hellenistic <laughs> Egyptian age. <laughs> I like the old kingdom. So I'm going to be part of it. You know, you can browbeat me into agreeing that it's a good movie, but it's not going to change the fact that my visceral, honest-to-God reaction to this movie is a very strong dislike. I think you came in wanting to hate this movie. You wanted to hate it, you, you you wanted it to live down to your, your terrible expectations. It didn't, so now you're just nitpicking it. Sure. Oh, it's not realistic. No one could ever get hit with a hockey puck at a game and get killed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys should see the looks. I don't have much more to say about the movie. I, I thought it was hilarious. I don't want to spoil any of the jokes. It's a funny movie. It's the best movie Adam Sandler's done. Yeah, okay, can I just say one more thing that I think is unrealistic, and then I'll let it go? Yeah, go ahead. How does he go 
from hockey to golf. I mean, I think the guy going from hockey to figure skating in the cutting edge was more realistic than this dude. Because he's not even good at hockey. I hate that you're pointing out all the things that they explain in the movie as your questions. He has... His dad showed him when he was a kid the secret. We don't ever actually hear what it is, but the secret to a devastating slap shot. Yeah. And that's the one thing that he has going for him. He can't skate. He can't handle the puck. He can hit people, and he's got a huge slap shot. He uses that same swing to hit a golf ball. Yeah, I know, but it just seems like it... It doesn't seem like it should translate. But it does. And it would translate. Okay. I mean, it probably wouldn't, but I'm going to say it would to, <laughs> to win this argument. Well, congratulations. Speaking, you win. Speaking of winning an argument, yes. on our big 100th episode, woo, woo, woo. now we're going to talk about stuff that Carol likes more yes. than, than Happy Gilmore. We're going to talk about... We, decided, we, we went around... And said, what should we do? Scott wanted us to talk about Hamburger the movie. We did We did consider that. I, we considered it, Scott. And I think I'm going to wear her down, and eventually we will watch Hamburger the movie and probably review it on, we'll this, on this show. As a, maybe instead of watching one, one week, if there's not much on TV, maybe during the summer, we'll, we'll do Hamburger the movie and review it on the show. But... We're not going to do that. What we decided to do instead is highlight a director, a writer-director, that we both love a lot from the previous decade, although he's had some some hits this decade. But we want to talk about the films of John Jonathan Hughes, I believe is his full name. Jonathan Quayle Hughes. Are you just making that up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Johnny you, you, Hughes. You missed it in the last episode, but I called... I called Jack McKay. I called him Jackson something. Jackson Ewell McKay or something like that. <laughs> Weird. And you just barreled over me like Sorry. you usually do. Hey. To say your next point. You're not nice. About how realistic 90210 was. I know. I'm not nice. I have a juvenile sense of humor. <laughs> the only thing I do right is buy you flowers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. So, yeah, what's your favorite uh, John Hughes movie? Well, that's that's a difficult question, and I probably should have researched it a little more. But, no, I... So, I like National Lampoon's Vacation a lot, but mm-hmm. he didn't direct that. He just wrote it. So, I don't know if I, if I would count that as a John Hughes movie. Okay. It's one he wrote, but he didn't have full creative control over it like he does with a lot of his movies. Similarly, I don't know that I would consider Home Alone because he also wrote Home Alone, but Christopher Columbus directed Home Alone. He didn't direct it. So <laughs> I don't know that I would count that either. So what would you count? He did direct Christmas Vacation, which I like a lot. Okay. But I think he did anyway. Ah. <sighs> I mean, I, I don't know all of them. I know Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. Pretty in Pink, yeah. St. Elmo's Fire. 16 Candles. He didn't direct St. Elmo's Fire. No? No. Yeah, and 16 Candles. So Make a lovely life. 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink are different movies? No. No, they're the same movie. I thought so. They, they um, well, I mean, no, they're, they're literally different movies. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but they both star Mar- Molly Ringwald as like you know she's down on her luck or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're the same. They're they're all they're very similar movies. Well, I mean, what about she's having a baby? I think that might be my favorite John Hughes movie. Is that the one that gets kind of really serious? Yes. Because I think she almost loses the baby or something like well, that. Well, and don't they like Kevin? Ba- it's Kevin Bacon. Oh, no, it's not the one I was thinking of. I don't know if I've ever seen this movie. She's having a baby. It's he said, she said. Were there like teenagers and she gets pregnant in high school and they drop out and move in together? And I don't think so. No. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm going to give you some more 
uh, Oh, Weird Science. I don't know that uh, one. That's a great one. Oh, you don't know Weird Science? Mm-mm. With Kelly LeBrock? Nope. And Anthony Michael Hall? Nope. You know what? I just thought of it. What? My favorite what? John Hughes movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, there you go. It's a, it's great a good one. one. Also, he did Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, Some kind pretty of good. wonderful Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck's pretty good. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Uh, career Opportunities. My Dutch. Dutch is good. Curly Sue. <gasps> Curly Sue is a John Hughes movie? That's my favorite. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was The Breakfast Club, but I didn't know Curly Sue was in contention for the title. So. Oh, Curly Sue's always in contention for any title. <laughs> because it's Curly Sue. She's so adorable. He also did... Uh, well, he, he <laughs> wrote Baby's Day Out last year. <sighs> yeah. That's uh, that's that's the that's the limit on him right now. Okay. So I mean, I, I assume he'll do more movies, but I would say, yeah, to me, I think Ferris Bueller's Day Off is my favorite John Hughes movie. Classic, classic John Hughes film. What do you like about it? It's it's one of those movies that I th- makes you smile anytime you see. It at least makes me smile anytime I see it. There's it's. It's a movie that's just completely about fun. Like that's all uh, all it's about is is youth you, you know living life while it's there. Carpe diem. That's mm-hmm. I mean that's what the movie is really. And just having fun like the most fun that you can have, letting go of all the, you know, your depression and and your pain and and you know cuz cuz all that's represented in Cameron, right? Okay. So like all the, those negative emotions of like depression and anxiety and pain and stuff, they're all, Cameron represents all of them. Poor and Cameron. And Ferris is the complete opposite of that. And he's basically saying, it's almost like, it's almost like the whole movie is just taking place in Ferris's head. And these are different parts of Ferris's personality. Interesting. Where it's like, he's trying to de- defeat his depression. You could recast this movie as as Cameron is Ferris's anxiety and depression and stuff like that, and Ferris, quote unquote, is the like anti depression medication that he's taking. <laughs> wow, you're kidding. Uh... And this is like this is the adventure that it's taking him on to cure him. I don't really think that that's quite it, but But there's so I mean, talk about smart. Talk about things that could happen in real life. Just like any good comedy, mm-hmm. like when he starts singing uh, Donka Shane in the uh, the parade in downtown Chicago. I can't tell you the, how many times teenagers have have stormed parade floats and and say, uh, <laughs> "You're an ass," and it's just it makes it so good. And then and then to have the the crowd choreograph a dance <laughs> to the song that they didn't know was going to happen. Just like in any good comedy. Completely realistic. Uh, no. Okay, fine. Maybe I'm too hard on the stupid comedies. Okay? Are you happy now? I'm always happy, baby. Do you, you want to put me saying I'm wrong on a loop again like you did, <laughs> did last you, time? Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> of course I heard that. <laughs> Asshole. I didn't know you listened to the show. I listened. <laughs> that was great, wasn't it? Mm. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You're lucky you were asleep when I heard it. <laughs> oh, you stayed the night, huh? Shh. <laughs> My mother might be listening. Right. And that's something we should be concerned about, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Depends on how old we are. <sighs> Stay tuned. Anyway, so... Yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a happy movie. It is. It's happiness personified as a film. I love it. And it's it's a rollicking adventure. It's a rollicking adventure while also being pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not farcical or fantastical in, in a lot of its elements, because it is, but it's all just kind of, you know, they're running, just running around Chicago. It's all kind of... <laughs> it's... There's no huge stakes either. Yeah. The biggest stakes is, 
of the movie is that the principal might catch him and then he'll have to go to summer school. Oh, no. You know, it's not it's not big, like, stakes right. movie. But I love it. It's a cute one. What about you? Are we? Are you going curly Sue? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> talk about we, we've already talk about curled Sue. We've already talked about Breakfast Club too, so I don't really want to we did rehash we, that. We but had a whole episode, I believe it was our second episode. Yeah, our second episode, we decided we we t- we decided let's do a show where we talk about movies. We go we go see a movie. So Carol and I were like, hey, this will bring us closer together. Will we had you know we had started dating not too long before this. And and we said we'll go see we'll have to see a movie every week. Mm-hmm. We'll have a movie date every week. We can make out in the movie sometimes if it's boring. <laughs> and and this will be a thing that, that we do all the time and, and do the show and then we did it one week and then the second week we were like, Let's run a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gets expensive going to the theater all That's the time. That's true. That's why you need to go to retro the Patreon dot com slash retro Right? Yeah, Curly Sue. I I don't know the little actress's name or who plays her. Live your life, either way. But she has the most gorgeous red hair. Oh yeah. And what's the guy? What's what's the actor's name? Uh, I believe it is brother of the late great John Belushi, Jim Belushi. Yes, Jim Belushi. So they're like homeless, and and it could happen. A guy, a, a young girl, and a guy. Could be homeless, so it's got the it's got the realism that any good comedy needs. It's got some touching moments that that you know pull at the heartstrings. Where like they have enough money to buy one egg a McMuffin. Duff money? Did you say they have a duff? Enough, enough money. Oh, just so mean to me. I believe the little girl's name is Allison Porter. Okay, just uh, just off the top of my head, you know. But they, they're eating an Egg McMuffin, and he's like, here, you know, t- take the... she." Or no, she's eating the Egg McMuffin. She's like, here, take take my meat. I don't need the meat. And he's like, yes, you do. I don't take the egg. I don't need... You know, and it was just like, they're back and forth. So finally he took something. I don't remember what. And they're just like, oh, they shouldn't have to share an Egg McMuffin. One Egg McMuffin. But That's he, like 50 cents. He ends up getting the shit knocked out of him. Yeah. I don't remember. It's been a minute since I've seen it, so I don't remember exactly what happens. It's been one minute since you've seen it. <laughs> it has been a period of time since I have seen it. They moved from Detroit to Chicago in that movie. I remember that. Yeah. But he, they end up like getting taken in by this rich lady. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I think they all kind of end up as a family, and it's really sweet. Right. It is really sweet. She has this douchebag boyfriend, though. Who does? The, not Curly Sue, but the, the rich lady. Because she's a lawyer, and she's dating another lawyer, and he's an asshole. And it's so funny, mm-hmm. though, when they're in this restaurant, and their cell phone goes off. And, like, apparently they're all rich, and they all have cell phones. And the guy picks up his phone, and he's like, it's mine. Like, he won a prize or something. Mm-hmm. And you just want to smack his smug fucking face. That's what makes a good comedy, wanting to smack people in the face. <laughs> and she she sings um um the what what is it the pledge of allegiance? No. Let me let me let you in on a little secret that I don't think you know. What? I've never seen Curtis. <gasps> I'm going to stop talking about it right now because we're going to watch it and we're going to talk about it. I love it so much. Well, we don't have to talk about it on the show. Okay, but we're going to watch it. Yeah, we can watch it and talk. We could have one of those rare conversations in real life. <laughs> I can't believe you've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's so we- it's so weird to find a movie that you haven't seen because you've seen so many movies. But yeah. I mean, Especially a John Hughes movie. Like, I'm a cinephile. I'm excited. I don't like Jim Belushi. Maybe we should show it to my nieces and nephews this weekend. Yeah, we could do that. I think they would like it because Curly Sue's so cute. Curled Susan yeah. is her full name, right? Sure. <laughs> so you go with Curly Sue for the 100th episode. I go with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. With special mention to She's Having a Baby, which I think is, is I think it's one of like his most heartfelt ones. I also really love 
planes, trains, and automobiles. I know you do. Which we rented and watched for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was yeah. it was good. See, I gave it a chance. Mm-hmm. I hadn't wanted to watch it, but I gave it a chance. Once I told you it was a John Hughes movie, you're like, wait, it's a John Hughes movie? <laughs> well, maybe it won't suck. That will open the doors for anything. You tell me it's a John Hughes movie, I'm like, okay, I'm there. You know that, that John Hughes wrote Happy Gilmore, right? No, he didn't. <laughs> Not stupid. <sighs> oh, I love you. I love you, too. I think you're going to at least have to weigh in as to what you think about Carly Sue. Just for like a minute or whatever. Yeah, we can talk a little bit about okay. it. Cool. All right. Curdled Sue. Curly Sue with the beautiful curly red hair. It's so she's freaking got, gorgeous. She's got dimples, I know, right? She smiles. She's got the little dimples. It's like a Shirley Temple type I thing. think so. I don't know. I that just remember the that hair. That's Shirley Temple. She was the little kid. Yeah, Shirley Temple was red haired and, and cute with dimples, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Curly Sue's hair is like longer and bigger, though. Allison Porter. You'll see. All right. Well, that is our episode for the week, Carol. Mark. Do you want to tell anybody anything? So, yeah, go to our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Do it. (laughs) And um, write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Do that, too. And tell your friends all about us. Tell friend to listen to this show every single day. Friend. Yes, tell friend. Tell friend. Tell Bill friend. (laughs) Or day friend. Tell Bill Finger. Sure. To listen to this show. Tell the band Bad Finger to listen to the show. And thank you for listening, especially for 100 episodes. You guys are awesome. Thanks for sticking with us for 100 episodes. And if you weren't here from the beginning, fuck yourself. No, I'm just We love all of you equally. Yes, we do. Just like you were our children. Okay, that's getting a little weird. My baby blue. No, you know how, how parents say they love their kids equally? Mm-hmm. That's how we love our, our listeners equally. Okay. We love Scott just a little bit more, though. I think so, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> all right, we will see you now in uh, Patreon.com. Have I mentioned? He that has. You can go to Patreon.com. <laughs> Slash retro late fee, too. Okay. And get bonus shows. Uh-huh. Bonus shows. Yeah, Extra yeah. Mixtapes and and bonus other stuff, tapes. Right. And it's fun All right. stuff. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Bye.